locked in to Simple Man Sports. Lone Star. Hello and welcome to another episode of Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I am your host, Dane Powell, and today we will be talking the same thing we always talk, man. Texas sports only, drama-free, no nonsense. That's all you're going to get here, Texas sports. You can find us on YouTube, all the socials, the podcast is up there. It's, I mean, you got Spotify and and Apple, and all them other spots you go to to listen and get your pod action there. Easiest way to find us is to just go to simplemansports.com. Simplemansports.com. That's the place to go. You can find all the stuff for Simple Man Lone Star there. And what you're going to find is us just talking Cowboys, Texans, Astros, Rangers. We're talking Baylor. We're talking UT, UMHB. We go over the scores for the student-athletes here in Central Texas with the Centex scoreboard. So make sure to get in there and see how your student-athlete is doing here in the state of Texas. First, we're going to take a look at the Baylor Bears. We head up to Waco, McLean Stadium, number 16, Baylor, goes up against conference rival, number nine, Oklahoma State University. Unfortunately for the Bears, this one ends with an L. They took a loss at home, 36-25. to Now, it wasn't for lack of effort, though. Blake Shapin went out there 28 for 40, 345 yards, and two touchdowns. Problem is, he had two interceptions to go with it, and that'll be what makes the difference on the day. Shapin tried to get it going a little bit on the ground. He had six carries, but he netted a whopping zero yards. So he'll have to see if he can't work on that one next time around. Richard Reese, 17 carries, 85 yards, and a tutty. Threw in four receptions for another 21 yards. So over 100 yards for Reese on the day. He actually ended up getting taken down during this matchup for a safety in the first half. Now talk about having a day. How about Monterey? Monterey Baldwin, seven receptions for 174 yards. Yes, 174 yards and two touchdowns. Monstrous game. Monstrous outing for Baldwin. Good on you, young man. 70-yard touchdown by this dude on a fourth and five, by the way. Just want to go ahead and throw that in there. The dude's got burners. I watched him go up the sideline. I mean, it looked like everybody else was in slow motion. 70 yards, fourth and five. Great day, Monterey Baldwin. This thing was was all OSU in the first half. Really, I think return return yards, special teams is, is probably what hurt Baylor the most on this one. They just allowed too many return yards on the day. Uh, you know, including to start the second half, let one go for a touchdown. So, you know, if you can't, if you can't get good field position off your special teams, it's just, it's a, it's a hard start for, for everybody else involved. So they'll have to clean up some of that, that return game coming from the other teams. 
Now, I told you before that Baldwin had a monster 70-yard touchdown on a fourth and five, and this is where you saw a big momentum shift for Baylor. But despite their momentum to make a comeback, OSU put the kibosh to that thing with an interception, and that that pretty much wrapped up this whole scene. So that moves them to three and two on the season, and they'll look to improve on that here next week. They've got another conference matchup. This time they are heading over to West Virginia. Now, WV is 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 ranked at the bottom of the Big 12, so hopefully the Bears can shore up a couple things and get the W. West Virginia lost to the Bears in their last matchup last year, 45-20. to 20. And the Mountaineers aren't riding a whole lot of momentum because they just dropped a game to UT yesterday. Now, speaking of UT, we got the Longhorns at three and two. UT was at home for this one, facing the visiting West Virginia Mountaineers. Oh, some fellas we was just talking about. They won the conference matchup 38 to 20. Hudson Card went 21 for 27, 303 yards with three tutties and no interceptions. Outstanding Hudson Card. This young man's been filling in. For Quinn, doing a great job, and he got plenty of help from the run game as well. Bajan Robinson went 21 carries for 101 yards, one touchdown. Now, that puts that puts Robinson now. That is three weeks from this guy with at least a minimum three weeks straight of 101 yards. Minimum 101 yards in the past three weeks. I think I think the 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 first of those three weeks was what 170, 180, something crazy, some crazy, some some ridiculous number. Robinson getting the ground game going for the Longhorns down in Austin. Xavier Worthy had seven receptions for 119 yards, two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. This dude also had him one passing touchdown for 33 yards. So good day for you, Mr. Xavier Worthy. Fellow receiver Jatavian Sanders put together a five-reception, 78-yard, two-touchdown performance on the day. So plenty of offense coming from the Longhorns. And to be honest, the score the score is deceiving now. Okay, The Longhorns controlled this game from kickoff out. That it, it was all UT all day. Any points coming out of the other side was all, was all junk time. UT had a 28-7 lead going into halftime. So they were in full control of this one. They'll look to keep that kind of control of momentum as they now travel to Oklahoma to face off against the Sooners. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tough matchup with the Sooners. They're ranked pretty good. Doing good. All right for this season. But they are going to see a drop in the AP after a monstrous upset against TCU, they went in there and lost to Texas Christian. So we'll have to see where their mindset is for next week against UT. But UT may look a little bit different when they hit the field next week because QB Quinn Ewers, who's been out with a shoulder injury, is eyeballing his return against rival Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. 
So we'll be sure to dig into that one here next Sunday. Talk a little Aggies. They move to three and two on the season. The number 17 Aggies lose to Mississippi State in a fourth quarter comeback. This is a game that the Ags had every opportunity to win, but they allowed 21 points in the fourth quarter. It's not going to get it done. Next week, they will be at number two, Alabama, with old Saban. So we'll see how that pans out for them. And now I have I have no option but to cover this. I, I don't typically do Texas Christian, but after yesterday's performance, they got to get a mention. It's Texas sports here. You know what I mean? So TCU moves to 4-0 and on the season with a massive upset over number 18, Oklahoma. They beat them 55-24. to You heard it right. Yes, Mike's on. Mike's on. Yes, it's correct. 55-24. to They put up 27 points in the first quarter. They put together 668 total yards of offense with 361 yards on the ground, 361 yards on the ground. It's just a massive day by TCU. I think, I think it was just a, it was a catch game for Oklahoma went in there underestimating folks. And well, this is what happens. This is a beautiful thing about college football. The TCU will be going up against Kansas next week. I can't say that I'll be saying much about it, maybe, but after you beat a team like Oklahoma, 55 to 24, yeah, you can get a match around here. You know what I mean? And that's how we're looking right now around Texas college football. Things are looking solid, keeping the season rolling. But right now we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. <laughs> Now we're moving to some Texas baseball as we hop to the MLB and take a look at the Rangers and the Astros as they finish up this season in the show. Now the Rangers are 65 and 86. It's terrible. It's trash. Couple games on a 500. Couple, couple, I guess, couple. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. They got they got to finish up the rest of the season, and there's there's going to be a couple more L's. But what they did was they dropped a series against the Mariners, two to one, and it was a close finale against Seattle. Though they lost in extra innings, ten to nine. Then they went on and dropped their first game of a three game series against the Angels, four to one, and. After they finish up this three-game series here, they're going to be moving on to the Yankees. Now, granted, the Yankees are probably going to be resting some folks. Obviously, they got the postseason coming up. So, but you know, you get that you get that judge fellow over there still trying to still trying to make records and whatnot, and Roger Maris, and you know, I don't I, I look I don't know what y'all's take is on. The the McGuire Sosa Bonds era, but I guess I guess if none of that counts, then it's it's Maris, right? It's Maris, 
But like I said, they are going to finish their season against the Yankees with a four-game series at home. Now, regardless of their record, going from here, win, lose, draw, forfeit, doesn't matter. They should finish the season fourth in the AL West from from current projections and current current standings, should I say. But Rangers, you know, hopefully, hopefully you see a little bit more action next year, you know, uh, get a little bit of something going. We will see. The Rangers currently sit at 65 and 90. And now we look at the other end of the AL West where the Houston Astros are locked in, head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd. And they're going to start resting folks and, and, and hanging out because postseason is on the horizon for them. They started the week by splitting a four-game series with the Orioles. Now, they went on to go one-and-one against the Diamondbacks and then drop the first game of the Rays series seven to three. Had a little bit of a grinder game last night. Got the win though, two to one. Uh, they're gonna close out that series this afternoon. I believe it's uh, one o'clock if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna give you times. I don't know where you're listening. You know, hit the hit the old Google machine if you need more answers there. They are gonna button up the rest of their season and finish with a three-game series versus the Philadelphia Phillies at home. Now, I'm not sure how relevant these wins are going to be to the Astros, but what I do know is that the Phillies are in fight-or-flight mode. They are trying to make the playoffs. They are fighting for that final wild-card spot. I believe it's San Diego and Milwaukee, and... It's it's battle time for them. Harper and Hoskins and 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 Schwarber and them. They're they ain't gonna see the postseason. I think it's been a decade or something since the Phillies got there. But if the Astros have anything to say about it, Phillies' chances may be looking slim. We love baseball here in Texas, but we love football too. We love our local football, and at the college level, it starts here in Central Texas with UMHB, the Crew, the Crusaders. They beat Austin College at home 38-7. to The crew ran this game from start to finish. No questions asked. And when I say ran, now I mean ran. These dudes went 368 yards on the ground. Absolutely incredible work. It was led by Alfonso Thomas. He averaged 5.9. Finished the day with 106 yards and a TD. Kenneth Miller Jr. right behind him, averaging 9.6, 96 yards and a touchdown. Kyle King had him a day too. He went for 14 completions, 150 yards and two touchdowns on the day. They were seven for 11 on first downs, but they also had seven penalties for 88 yards. They're going to want to clean that up here. Didn't have much effect on the day, on the game itself. Their offense was just rolling, so it really didn't come into account the, the 88 penalty yards. But, you know, you never want to be knocking on 100 yards penalty, so they're going to have to clean that up before their next road game at East Texas Baptist in Marshall. The crew moves to 4-1 and one on the season. 
All right. It is that time of the show. It is the Centex scoreboard where we take a look around Central Texas to see our student athletes and how the football is going down. We're going to start it with 5A, Division One, Region One, District Four. The Colleen Kangaroos took a loss to Midlothian this week, 43 to 20. They moved to two and three overall, two and one in district play. This puts them at fifth in the district. This week coming up, they have Lake Belton coming to their house over at Leo Buckley, and they will see if they can't move up a little bit here in district standings. Next, we've got the Shoemaker Gray Wolves. They took a loss to Red Oak, 35 to 38. That moves them to three and two overall, three and two in district, and puts them currently at sixth. Next, they've got Waco at home. Now, the Lake Belton Broncos. They beat Cleburne, 58 to 27, moving them to five and one overall, three and one in the district, second place right now as the district stands. Their next matchup will be at Colleen, going to Leo Buckley to face the Kangaroos. Then we've got the Ellison Eagles. They beat Waco 24 to six, moving them to two and three overall, one and two in district play. They currently stand seventh in the district. Their next matchup will be at Cleburne. Now we're going to switch it to 5A Division II Region 3 District 11, where we've got the Belton Tigers. The Tigers beat Elgin 28-6. to They moved to 4-2 overall, 2-1 in district play. Right now they are tied for second. Next up, they've got Rouse at home. Now we take it to 6A Region 2 District 12. The Temple Wildcats took a loss to Weiss, 32 to 19 on Friday. Moves them to three and three overall, one and one in district play, and drops them down to fourth in district standings. Next matchup will be at Midway. Then the Harker Heights Knights beat Midway 24 to 13, moving them to five and one overall, two and one in district play currently sitting in first. Next up, they are at the Hutto Hippos. And then we've got the Copperus Cove Bulldogs. They took a loss to Brian, 20 to 49. It moves them to two to three overall, 0-1 in district play, and they're currently sitting in seventh. Next up, they are at Weiss. And that is your Sentech scoreboard where we take a look at Central Texas and our student-athletes. And now it is Football Sunday, so you know we're going to be talking some Cowboys and Texans. The Cowboys have moved to 2-1 and one on the season after a win against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Now, they continue to win despite... Dak going down despite the injury, despite the doubt, despite the questions. Cooper Rush is getting the job done for Dallas. Now, Cooper Rush is legit, and he could have Dallas 
at a plus 500 for Dak's return, maybe. It, it really depends. I, the matchups aren't looking too terrible here going forward, but it all depends on when Dak's coming back as well. They took out the undefeated division rival in the Giants, and today they've got the Washington Commanders, another division matchup for them. The defense for the Cowboys has stepped up in back-to-back weeks. Diggs looks like he's finding himself a little bit. Micah Parsons was a problem for the Giants. I watched him smoke Jones a couple times. Dallas defense is looking fine. The only real question mark was Dak, and hey, Cooper Rush is handling business. On the offensive end, Pollard, ground game, he's contributing a little bit. Now, Zeke is usually your between-the-tackles guy. Pollard's more your receiving back, but Pollard has been the one showing more explosion. It's, It's still a running back by committee as far as I'm concerned in Dallas, but Pollard, Pollard's got the edge in my opinion. But I do think Zeke's gonna still get the goal line work. I just don't, I just don't see that old explosion out of Zeke. So we'll see if he remains the RB1. I, I mean, probably going to with that contract, but Pollard right now, in my opinion, is the guy. Lamb still keeping it together. He had a big drop, but he made up for it later on in the game. Opposite him, Noah Brown putting in some work. Jerry Jones, I'm sure, enjoys it. Now, look, okay, Jerry, I mean, he, Jerry might be a legit GM. I'm just saying. I've always had, I've always had my questions about it, but he may be legit. It just, I, I may not, I may not be able to fight it anymore. 70% of the Cowboys team is homegrown draft picks. I believe it's most in the NFL. I mean, these these guys are getting built in-house for the Cowboys. They're sticking around, and it's all on behalf of Mr. Jones. So uh, kudos to you there, Jerry. Now, it's looking like today may be the return of Mr. Michael Gallup. Now, he's been down. They said that he could have possibly gone last week. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't, I don't know if he was uh, mentally prepped enough prepared to get on there on the field i think that was the only holdup for him it's not a physical issue he he seems ready to go we'll see today we'll see today i don't know what kind of workload he's gonna get schultz same thing we'll see we'll see how he's looking i'm curious to see the rapport between rush and gallup see what kind of connection they can get going on i know he's got he's got good connection with dak but dak's still dak's still down right now he had his stitches removed, but right now he's still dealing with some swelling, according to reports, and he hasn't moved to the strengthening phase yet. So they got to get they got to get that recovery phase down. Like I said, stitches out. That's a step. Got to get the swelling down. Uh, you got all that inflammation in your hand and stuff. You're not you're not going to be able to operate correctly there. So he hasn't quite moved on to the phase where he started to strengthen that that hand again. But they've got a week four matchup against the commanders. And I think I said, I think I said six weeks on Dak from from time of injury. Um the timetable's looking somewhere in there. I think we're coming up on five now. So we'll see. We'll see how he starts feeling because these division matchups are 
going to be important coming down the stretch with the Eagles playing the way they are. And now we have our other Texas football team, which is not looking as promising eh, as expected. But the Houston Texans moved to 0 and 2 and 1 on the season. Hey, look on the uh, look on the bright side. They're not 0 3, right? Right? A little tie action. That's it's always good. And they may as well almost tied last week. They'd have they'd have felt a little better about their outlook. This past week, they took another loss, falling to Chicago in the final drive. They're coming close, but they can't close these games. Obviously, they're coming close. They got a tie up there, but they're not, they're not finishing these games. Their run game looks like it's starting to come together. Damian Pierce is finding his feet. He went 20 for 80 yards and a touchdown. It's respectable. Burkhead, three for nine, non-factor. Mills was all right on the day, went 20 for 32, 245, a one touchdown. Problem is he he threw two picks to go with it. Jordan Akins, a name I know you haven't heard in a while, well, he had a touchdown. Okay, cool. Guy had a touchdown, right on. Well, this is Akins' first touchdown since 2020. How's that for a dry spell? But defense was the story of the day. Jalen Petrie is a problem. Okay, for for you Baylor fans out there, this young man has has stepped into his. Maybe this was his coming out game. I'm I am not sure, but he had himself two picks on the day and a sack to go along with it. So Jalen Petrie, outstanding defensive performance, and if he keeps playing like that, along with the rest of them, Hughes and. Gruje Hill and them boys, they they may don't get excited, but they may still be in the division race. I know it's early. You want to count them out. I want to count them out. But they're still in this thing. They're not out of it yet. So next up is the Chargers at home today. The Houstons will look to finally get a W on the board. Let's see if they can make it happen. Now, fantasy football is something that we all love and enjoy. Well, not all of us, but most of us. And for Texas, there's not a whole lot going on in the fantasy world. But Damian Pierce is pretty much the only starter I would run with on the Texans outside of Brandon Cooks. And I need to see more consistency out of Cooks, to be honest with you. Damian Pierce... He's he's had this chance to be the RB1 out there, and no pun intended, I think he's taking it and running with it. Burkhead, aging, Mr. Consistency coming into the season. Don't know if he's going to continue to be a real factor uh, unless Pierce goes down, something of that nature, some passing downs. But Damian Pierce seems to be holding his end, his end of the bargain on that as well. OJ Howard, I was excited about a couple games showing out to begin to, to begin the season, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fade him. Pierce and Cooks are gonna be the only options, like I said, but Cooks was Cooks was quiet too. Two for 22 in his last in his last outing. Now, for anybody that plays in any IDP leagues, you heard me talking about Jalen Petrie. Maybe you want to look into that young man. He seems to be getting busy. You know, them sacks and interceptions look pretty good in the IDP. 
Now, as far as the Dallas Cowboys go, Tony Pollard's still my guy over there. He's an RB2 lock. You know, I don't, I don't know that he's, you know, he has the potential to get into the RB1 combo. Going to depend on his split with Ezekiel Elliott, who's getting the goal line carries, who's getting the passing down work. Tony Pollard has the upside in PPR leagues with his target share. It's it's going to give you a couple extra points, and I think he he edges out Zeke each week so far, as far as I'm concerned. The one that's really got me interested is a bench stash for me. I picked him up, I don't know, last week, maybe the week prior. I'm not sure. I knew he was coming back. I'd like to see him with Dak, but we'll see how he does with Rush, Mr. Michael Gallup makes his return. It may be in a limited fashion. I don't know if he picks up where he left off. He's going to need to shake some rust off, I'm sure, get back in the in the in the game speed. But if you haven't already picked up Gallup, I would suggest that you do put him on your bench. He's a stash. We don't know how he's going to act coming off of this injury, but Gallup has good potential. Because Cooper's gone. Mark Cooper is gone. C.D. Lamb's drawing all the attention. And though Noah Brown's been picking up a lot of the slack, it would help to have somebody of Gallup's caliber come in there and, and pick up a little bit more of that. So go ahead and stash him if you haven't, because uh, he may be a weapon for you here later in the season. All right, folks. Well, we have come to the end of another episode of Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I appreciate y'all coming in today. I am your host, Dane Powell, reminding you that you can find us on all of your podcast platforms and 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 uh, socials, and uh, you know the the easiest way to do it is to go to simplemansports.com. You're going to find all of our stuff there. Be sure that you like, subscribe, share, tell your mom and them, get yourself back to your speaker by next Sunday, or we'll be back to catch you up and get you prepped for week five here on Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. <laughs>